Testing brings us to the place to know. It, it'll, it'll put the wisdom in us to know, the foreknowledge to know, hey, I'm not ready for the final exam. But sometimes we're uh, able to look the devil in the eye and say, okay, if, if that's all you got, devil, you're in trouble. I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready to, I can stand anything that you're bringing at me, but before the test, we don't really have uh, this knowledge. Do, are, are we really smart enough to pass the exam so the test will let us reveal to us that lack of knowledge, uh, you know, whether we've got, got what it takes, if we got it all down, are we ready for the final test? So, uh, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, just believing in God. The Bible said, he, the, they that come to him must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. And uh, Jeremiah said, uh, uh, you will seek me and find me. And, but it also said, when you seek me with all of your heart. Sometimes we just half heartedly. We think uh, uh, there's been times that I thought I had the spelling test down. I, I thought I was ready for that, uh, for that Friday, that exam on Friday. I thought I knew those words. I had quote, you know, uh, over and over in my mind, spelled them out. 20, 30, 40 times a piece and uh, wrote them several times and thought uh, that I had it down. And uh, so I just, you know, maybe for the next few days just kind of just uh, kind of slopped along because I thought that I had it in control. But uh, when Friday come along and the final test and I didn't score what I felt like I was going to score, I realized uh, I just kind of went about this uh, half-heartedly. I didn't really apply myself to this. So uh, if we want to seek him and find him, Brother McKeon, sometimes we're going to have to get serious. We're going to have to get desperate. We're going to have to realize, okay, this is trial week. This is, a, uh, this is the time if I find out that I've got really everything that I've been testifying about. A lot of times uh, uh, it's easy to testify if you've not been through a test. It's easy to tell somebody how to do it if you've never had the experience. And I remember one time they were talking about duck hunting and man, Brother Schaefer, he got all involved in it and he was telling them just how it was done and how they ought to do it. And, and for some reason, one of the boys said, Brother Schaefer, how many ducks have you killed? And he said, well, actually, I've never killed any, but I've read a lot of books about it. Hallelujah. So sometimes you can think <laughs> uh, that you've got it down. Sometimes you think you can know how you would react, but until the test, there's really no testimony without a test. Hallelujah. I passed that exam with flying colors, or I... I didn't do so good in that test, but the test is always what reveals, hallelujah. And uh, uh, faith is, is matured through the experience of stressful testing, hallelujah. Without faith, 
Man, when you say God's never failed me, that means that you have been, that's not, that doesn't mean you've always got everything that you've always wanted. You've not always had the high paying job. You've not always had the nice home. You've not always drove the car that you're driving today, but God has blessed you and God has allowed you to have according to his riches and glory uh, uh, and according, you know, how you advance and uh, uh, in your walk with God. And But we have this testimony, God has never failed. So that means you have been through some trouble. You've been through some hard times and God has always come on the scene and moved for you and he made a way, the Bible talks about, when there seems to be no way. That's when you know uh, that, that God has moved. When you, uh, uh, when you have exhausted all of your resources and you don't know where to go and you don't know what you're going to do next and then all of a sudden uh, out of nowhere uh, there's a check in the mail or, or the accident on the highway that you swerved and called uh, on the name of the Lord. It didn't look like there was any way an accident it could be avoided but you called on the name of the Lord and you looked up uh, uh, and the cars were not even uh, around you know they were already back on the road and going on by and you're going down the road thinking I don't know how I made it through that and I, 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 don't, I don't know how, uh, how it happened but we just called on the name of the Lord and uh, uh, so we know then that he's never failed me he said he would never forsake us he had never leave us alone and I've walked a lot of trials and uh, uh, or a lot of miles and went through a lot of trials uh, that I felt like I was doing it all on my own but when the trial I, uh, was over and I looked back and I realized God the only way that I made it through that it wasn't by works of righteousness that I've done uh, but oh it was only by your spirit it was by your, your, your favoritism God uh, uh, that you moved for me and you, uh, you made the consequences turn out uh, in my situation like they turned out. For faith to become, for it to become visible, it has to perform. I want to run to James real, and this is not my uh, main uh, scripture this morning, but I want to go to James 2 and, um, and verse 18. For faith to become visible, it has to perform. He said, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. And there's been a lot of times that I thought it was happening because Kelly Sampson was making it happen. But I look back a lot of times when it was over and I thought, oh God, only by your mercies did I acquire, have I got even one little bit of what I've got today. God, it was because, it was because of you. It was because of your favor. It was because, it was because you, you allowed me to and it was God working, but uh, I was working and because I was working I, I was accomplishing and a lot of times people uh, make this statement I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. A lot of times it pulls into a different harbor 
somewhere and um, and you're still sitting there, uh, you know, wondering which way, which way the ship went. But when you, you see a man that gets up, I believe God, God blesses a man by what he's putting forth and his effort. And he's, uh, and, he, and he's working and he's trying his best and saying, okay, God, I'm going to do what I can do. But when I can't do anymore, then that's when I'm going to have to stand back. And I feel like that's what God expects of us. Do all that you can do. Do all that you can do to make it. And when you feel like I can't go on, it's the, it's the end. It's over. I've failed uh, uh, this test. And the Bible said you just stand uh, and watch the salvation of the Lord begin to work. Why, what are you talking about? You were working. You were doing everything you can. You were just a lot of times just going by faith. And I've got up a lot of days and just you know, to make it through the day, it was just going to have to be that I could believe that I could make it. And I'll never forget last year and uh, uh, the thing that I went through with this uh, knee surgery and uh, everything that happened. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, it'll be, you know, the old saying, it'll be better in the morning. It'll be better tomorrow. And my wife would look at me, man, you don't look right. You don't look good. And, uh, I thought, well, I don't know if I've ever even ever looked good, but I, uh, you know, but she'd say, man, you're, you're not looking good, but I would just try uh, to go on and go by faith. And one day, finally, she said, something is not right with you. And uh, uh, I said, oh, I'll be all right in a little bit. And uh, I was uh, in the bathroom getting ready. And uh, uh, she said, I'm calling an ambulance. I said, no, you're not calling an ambulance. I'm gonna be all right. And uh, a little bit, I looked up and my son came in and a little bit my son-in-law came in and then brother Aaron showed up and I uh, began to think in my mind maybe I don't look very good and uh, uh, you know I was trying to act like everything was okay and uh, uh, you know pretty soon the ambulance pulled up and man I, I didn't want to go but I realized hey something uh, uh, is not right something is you know I'm just uh, it's, it's, it's not right and so I, I got in the ambulance Ambulance. I'll never forget that ambulance ride and uh, uh, the thoughts that went through my mind as I left the uh, hill and the ambulance backed up and I looked out uh, the back window and I looked at the shop that I'd never uh, have hadn't even ever got to work in and uh, uh, as I drove off and I come down the hill and I looked and uh, uh, my children were getting in their cars and just a, a line of cars was following me out of the driveway. Way. And I, I begin to think, you know, oh God, am I gonna, am I gonna make it? Am I ever gonna get to work in that shop? And uh, I remember the things that went through my mind, and uh, uh, I got a little overwhelmed on that ambulance ride. Never had uh, been in one in my 68 years uh, of living, and I don't relish the thought of getting back in another one. But uh, uh, I had went really as far as this natural body uh, uh, could go on its own and uh, uh, so I know what it is for this like the saying uh, uh, I've reached the end uh, of my rope and there's a lot of comical things out there uh, uh, like the, the frog that uh, uh, was hanging on at, at the end put a knot in the rope and uh, uh, the, knot, the knot in the rope was the only thing that was keeping him uh, uh, from completely losing his grip uh, and I think we would all have our story to tell this morning and at one time or another, we've been that destitute.
attitude uh, in life, not knowing uh, or am I going to make it or is this situation going to materialize into anything of any account uh, or uh, any, uh, any accomplishment? Is there going to be anything that I could ever talk about? And uh, uh, before you know it, things are different. Things are turning around uh, and you come forth uh, with this marvelous testimony uh, that God has never forsaken. Uh, God has never left me alone. Uh, uh, I'm telling you something. Uh, it's easy to say it's never seen a seed uh, uh, begging for bread when there's money uh, in the bank account. Uh, uh, but when you're down to nothing, uh, oh, Brother West preached one time, when you're down to nothing, uh, God's up to something. Uh, uh, but sometimes it's hard for that faith uh, uh, to materialize. The elder used to talk about it's dangerous to live around a Christian. I'm telling you, when you've got the favor of God and you've got the mind of God and you're in his will and when it's down to nothing, the elder used to say, it's dangerous to live around a Christian. The Lord will love to wake you up in the middle of the night and make you impress you to take him your last loaf of bread. Give him your last hundred dollar bill uh, but when you got the favor of God uh, that's what you can expect uh, he'll always come through but he said show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show you show thee my faith by my works there believest you believest there is one God thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? I'm telling you something. It's, it's, there's been times that, Sister Greenwood, it looked like my faith was on its last leg. It just looked like there was no way. didn't look like there was even any need of putting forth any effort. I've had to raise my hands before in distress. Sister Long and say, God, if I make it through this, it's because you help me. I can't do any more, God. My heart was broke, my heart was crushed, I was stressed. God, if I make it, if I make it, you know you're down to nothing when you're sin, if I make it through this, if I survive this. And I know we all have our story to tell and I'm just trying to stir up that remembrance of them occasions in your heart that all of a sudden there was something that come on the inside of us that we we get out of that bed or we get we get up and we we attack we attack we tackle one more obstacle we we uh, even when it doesn't look like it's going to pay anything and even it just if it looks like we're it to, to no avail we're just doing something maybe uh, to be doing something I have had to occupy uh, myself and to get busy to get the stressful situation 
situation, maybe uh, uh, if it wasn't too physical where I could move around and uh, uh, to get things off of my mind, but it was that activity that I got up that kept me from going uh, into total despondency and total, uh, uh, you know, just discouragement by just getting up and moving around. Maybe if I can do this, uh, it will help a little. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, that's a faith. Uh, and just putting a little work with it, just putting a, a little activity with what uh, uh, you're going through. And man, pretty soon uh, uh, you get the feeling a little bit better. And pretty soon uh, uh, because of the things uh, uh, that you're accomplishing and may not have anything to do with the thing uh, uh, that is bothering you, but because of your working ability, because uh, of this activity that you're putting forth, uh, uh, there begins to be something that, that rises up in you and you begin to think. Uh, uh, and maybe all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, uh, there, there's a revelation that comes to you uh, uh, to make a different approach. Uh, it's that wisdom uh, that I'm talking about that comes uh, in the time of testing uh, uh, that we ask of God. Uh, and he says a good man's steps uh, are ordered of the Lord. Uh, and that wisdom begins to flow because uh, of your ability to get up and begin to move. Uh, and you realize, hey, I can do this. Uh, and this will make this happen. Uh, and when this begins to happen, uh, and all of a sudden uh, there's an avenue opened up uh, that there's a way where there seemed to be no way. Man, how did I think of that? Duh. God, because you became so desperate that with a clear conscience and a whole heart, you begin to seek God. Okay, God, it's, it's not me anymore. My strength comes from you. And we look to the high place the Bible talks about from whence comes the strength. Yes, sir. We're talking about a time of testing, tempt to make a trial of. Trial is the action or process of trying or putting to the proof a preliminary contest, testing you. Man, I'm going through it. You better do everything you can to accomplish and pass the test. Because usually there's a bigger exam coming along. This is just a little proven test, just a little time of testing to see if you're ready for the final exam. I preached last Sunday and talked about, God, whatever I do to make it, what can I do? Whatever it takes, God, for me to make it into heaven. Why do you do this, Brother Samson? Why do you do that? Why do you not do this? Why, do, uh, you know, and so many questions uh, uh, people in the world a lot of times have for the church. Why do you do this? And why, why don't you do this? And uh, uh, I guess the best explanation, Brother Brian, that I have this morning is I'm just trying to make it to heaven. And I, if I'm not sure of it, I want to make my calling uh, and election sure. I want to know that when he comes... Uh, uh, 
that I hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want you to enter in. I don't, I don't want to go and think I've got this test made. I don't want to go and think I'm going to make it in. Uh, so many times I attend uh, uh, in the denominal world and so many uh, uh, funerals and I preach funerals and uh, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to uh, uh, rummage around and find some of the best things you can say because uh, everything you know, all the fruit that you ever seen them bear. Uh, Bible said he makes a difference between the, between the clean and the unclean, the profane and the holy. If, if, there, if there was no difference, uh, if there was no lines, there would be no heaven uh, or there'd be no hell. There'd just be a heaven. And uh, finally, at one of those funerals, I, I had to get up and say, look, I'm here to tell you today that not everybody that dies uh, is going to heaven. They fornicate, adulterate, they steal, they lie, they get intoxicated by whatever kind of a substance abuse that they have and today he's in the arms of Jesus and they make the statement you know dad or bro sis just a day or two we'll all be together again living like hell looking like hell I just want to pass the test and whatever I have to lay aside whatever I have to give up to hear him say well done. I want to pass that final exam. God. And I pray every day, God, give me the knowledge. It don't take all of that. Oh, I don't know that yet. I've not had, I've not had that final exam, but when it comes, uh, I don't want it to be like those days in school when I thought I had the spelling under control. I never did have math under control. That was a no-brainer for me. I'm not gonna make it. I was talking to a young man uh, the other day. I said, well, how do you like this school, son? And he said, oh, he said, it's all right, Papa, but he said, man, it's hard. It's hard. And I said, hard? Yeah, he said, math. And boy, when he said math, I, I felt even at 68, I took me back to those school days when I was sitting in school struggling with fractions, struggling with division and tears running down my cheeks when I look up and see Brother John McKinn, Brother Randy Durbin, Brother David McLean. They were just whizzes in math, but I struggled with it. And I thought, how? How can they get it done so quick? How, how can they just fly through this test like it's, like it's nothing? And I've actually sat there and tears run down my cheeks and fought back the tears. And instantly when this, uh, my grandson said, Papa, I struggle with math. And I thought, dear God, I want to go sell my tractor and hire this kid a, a, a tutor, a special uh, educator to help him through uh, this. Why? Because I could have this compassion because I've been through what he's struggling with today. And a lot of times in the church and we see the forlorn look, we see the look of concern on saints' faces and maybe we ease around through the course of the service or after a dismissal and we begin to inquire. We see right away that they're in the struggle. They're in the test. And a lot of times, maybe at my age that I've already experienced 
like my grandson uh, uh, is experiencing in grade school now and uh, uh, I can look at him with compassion uh, and you can look at your brother and your sister uh, uh, with compassion whether it's uh, uh, through bereavement or whether it's through finance. Uh, I've been through all of that. I remember uh, I've never had a lot of money but I know what it is to have no money. I know what it is to struggle. I know what it is to live in a home that you couldn't heat uh, uh, in the winter. I know what it is to see ice forming uh, on the walls while your furnace never shut off uh, and was going wide open. I know what it is uh, uh, to live like that. And But you know, I just kept on living for God. Uh, I didn't just lay in the bed and say, there's nothing better. Uh, you know, I got up, I worked, and I, I put forth effort. Uh, I didn't just lay around and say, by faith, uh, I'm gonna have a nicer home. Uh, by faith, uh, I'm gonna have a truck that can make it to Miami, Oklahoma without having to stop uh, and put water in it. Uh, I didn't just live by faith. I just kept working. Uh, I worked out of vehicles that a lot of people today wouldn't work out of. Uh, but I just kept driving and I kept working. Uh, and by my works, God began to bless uh, and brought me through that, that test and that struggle. Uh, uh, but I can look at somebody today and say, hey, you can make it. Uh, you can make it through what you're going through. Oh, vain man, you're going to know that faith without works is dead. And was not Abraham our father justified by works? What did Abraham do? He was next to Lot. He was a proud, probably about one of the wealthiest out there. But it doesn't matter your financial status, marriage, marital status, it doesn't, that, none of that matters. You're gonna go through some stuff in life. Well, Abraham was, he had ability. He could fight, he could war, he could train. Read about the servants that he trained. 300 servants in his own house. They were raised in Abraham's house. And when Lot was taken, it was Abraham that went. Man, teach my hands to fight, my fingers, my, my fingers to fight. How does that go? My hands to fight, my fingers to war. If you're talking to Brother Palacios, he'll take you off into that whatever that stuff is he does, that black belt stuff, and he's, he's good at it. But I look at Abraham's servants. Abraham was a man of, of ability. And he went, when they took Lot, his brother-in-law, and he went by night, the Bible said by night, and he got all of Lot, his family, and all of his belongings and animals and delivered them and was gone when the sun came up. He wasn't a mamsy-pamsy. He had things going on. He had 300 servants. He was blessed. But it doesn't matter how blessed you are. You're still, it's still accounted unto you for righteousness. 
And the Bible talks about that. It was accounted unto him for righteousness. Noah, it was accounted unto Noah for righteousness. Sometimes you just got to man up and be the man of your house. That's where that leadership comes in. And Abraham, our father, justified by works when he had offered Isaac upon the altar. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. I didn't aim to read this far, but it's fitting in so good. And he was called the friend of God just by his righteousness. That's why I lay aside. That's why I do what I do. That's why I don't do a lot of the things that I do because I want to be a friend of God. I want to be able to call on God in my time of testing and knowing that God is going to be there and God is going to work for me. And uh, if I'll work for him uh, uh, from everything that I'm finding in this study this morning, uh, that God will work for me. He'll always come through. Genesis 22 in verse, starting at verse one, speaking of Abraham again and his works of righteousness and his obedience toward God. Just being obedient to God in the word of God. A lot of people struggle being obedient to the word of God. We talked a few Sundays ago about the word of God being a rock of offense. This word of God offends a lot of people. They don't want to build on this foundation. They want to stumble over it and stagger over it and push it over, over to the side. But the Bible talks about this stone that was rejected of you builders has become the head of the corner. Before it's over, you're going to build, you're going to recognize this rock. Hallelujah. You can stumble over it and around it all of your life, but I want to, I'll tell you where I've learned to do is open up this word of God and just begin to read it and just to begin to obey it and not try to critique it and to analyze and uh, uh, get dictionaries and find around uh, a way around the things uh, uh, that I don't like. I'm not going to be like the king in his summer house. I don't like this. And I'm telling you something. If you don't believe the word of God, it's not going to make the word of God of none effect. It's going to stand when the world's on fire. So you can eliminate all the word of God that you want to to be comfortable for your flesh. But when judgment day comes, you know what? He's going to open up the word. He's going to open up the book. And that's what you're going to be judged by. That final exam, you don't get in your English book and study for a math test. Hallelujah. And you want to be ready for judgment day, you can take all the wisdom and knowledge of men, uh, uh, theologians, and uh, uh, all of this that you want, but when it comes right down to it, uh, it's going to be this word of God, this undivided word of God. Hallelujah. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Put him to the test. He tempted him to make a trial of an action or process of trying or putting to the proof. I remember I was doing a job for Les 
Shockley, the owner of Shockwave. And uh, that's a big jet engine truck that just, I don't know, two or three, I don't know how top end is, but I know several hundred mile an hour, best I remember, through the quarter. Uh, one of these trucks just recently, a year or so ago, blew up and took a man's life. But it's just a big turbine jet engine on a semi-truck, and they, they pay him to come and put on an exhibition at races and different events. Uh, but Michelin Tires came wanting, uh, you know, a little bit of recognition, and they, and Les was telling me about this when we were working on his shop, and he began to tell me uh, about, you know, different sponsors. But one of these sponsors uh, came to him and said, look, we want to, after every race, we want to furnish you your tires. And after every race, we want to take those tires. We want to see how they held up under the pressure, the high speed, the, the heat, the force. And we want to uh, make an analysis of our product. And we will give you a new set of tires after each event. And Mr. Shockley said he thought about that for a while. And he said he looked at him and he said, you know, I don't think that I'm interested he said, because the tires that I have, if they make it through one, one run, he said, I know that they're capable of making it through the next run and the next run, even though uh, there was actually no uh, ground force or friction other than the high speed of this truck down the strip. Uh, he knew that those tires, once he made that run, the first time was a gamble, but after that first time of proving that those tires would hold up, he said, I think I'll just keep with them the one set throughout the life and not take a chance uh, of your ex experimentation uh, of, of you know trying to, to make it better and, and, and not you know trying to just uh, you know just for the new set of tires it would have been a, a temptation but he said I've tried this I've proved this they took the pressure they took the force uh, and they've proved that I can trust uh, trust them in the next run well that's the way it is with God if we can prove to him uh, we can take the pressure uh, uh, we can hold up under this trial this temptation uh, oh this, this, this affliction uh, I want to tell you something uh, the Bible said that trying of your faith oh God come forth is pure gold you made it you passed the test enter in but Abraham is getting ready to be faced as far as I'm concerned experiencing having children and now having grandchildren this would be probably one of the farthest things from my mind I don't know of anyone today, and I love humanity, but I don't know of anyone today, Brother Sam, that I would give one of my children for. You know, maybe letting them donate a kidney or lung or whatever, all the, however all that works, that might be different. But it's kind of like the, the, the hog and the chicken walking down the street and the chicken, they seen a sign at a cafe that said, ham and eggs. The chicken said, man, let's go in and have some ham and eggs. And the hog said, oh no, 
No, not me. I'm not interested. He said, for you, it's a sacrifice. But for me, it's going to be a total commitment, and I'm not interested. And living for God, a lot of times it's a total commitment. And that's what eliminates a lot of people. We're really not interested. I've seen them come in on a night that worship was spontaneous and uh, the presence of God was so rich and they was shouting, they was worshiping, there was, uh, it was just a, a liveliness in the church and man, they love it and they came and man, then they came back and, uh, uh, but all they're really seeing is the wrapping of the package and uh, uh, in a day or two they hear a few Sunday morning Bible lessons and they uh, uh, experience a, a little bit of in-depthness into the word of God and they see right away they see uh, uh, well we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna go over here and you know when you you drop that Jesus name baptism on them and receiving the Holy Ghost and uh, uh, all of all of a sudden that denominalization that's uh, been embedded in them uh, it comes to the service and it wipes away uh, that co- total commitment and uh, uh, but they like the package uh, the wrapping but a lot of times they don't like the content uh, uh, but I want to tell you something, living for God, uh, you just take the trials uh, uh, with the victory, with the blessings, uh, and you pass that test, and uh, uh, what am I going to go through? Each and every one of us in this place this morning, we do not know what we're going to face before God calls us home. And this is what it's meaning when it says God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son. Well, if you had several, that'd be, but it narrows it right on down. Test is getting a little stronger. And God, do you think he just casually mentioned your only son? You know that promise I give you, Abraham, that your seed would be like the sand of the sea, the stars of the sky. They're going to be innumerable. And right here is the fulfillment. Well, I'll have some more. I'll just have another one. No. Abraham was 80, 90 years old, sir, about the same, and God's saying, take your son. Yeah, okay. Your only son. Well, yeah, I just have one. Whom thou lovest. Notice how God, he just keeps bringing this right on down. For some of you in Bible teaching, when it gets to being brought right on down, that's where the struggle starts. That's where the hesitation comes in. That's where contemplation comes in as the word of God just begins to bring it right on down to a fine, fine science, if you please. And that's when we begin to struggle when he first says, go. Okay, yeah, let's go. But they said, your son, that's something a little different. And then your only son, that's really different. 
and you know how much you love him. You know, sometimes it comes down to giving up things that we really love. Sometimes it comes down to giving up things that mean so much to us. You know, I, I remember when the Lord first impressed us here a couple years ago, I'd made about 40000 in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a little deal. And man, I thought, man, I can get a lot of stuff done with this. And then God began to impress me to give it to the church. I thought, ooh, man. I didn't just willingly, not without thinking about this, just go give it because I had, I had needs pressing. I had, it wasn't like I didn't have a place to go with it. So I began to waller that around, you know, for just a little while. But the Bible, you know, that song we sing, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, makes me want to shout, makes me want to move. I begin to thank God you've blessed me in so many ways. That's just such a small token of appreciation for what you've done. And I give that. But I, I, I knew that God, and even if he didn't, I, I wanted to do it for the work of the Lord. And, and, I, and I did that. But, uh, you know, monetary things that can, that can be replaced, but your son, your only son, the son that you love, man, this test is getting more intense. The teacher gives you things you might want to pay attention to chapter whatever, paragraphs whatever, section C and uh, for test day. You might want to consider that. Now that doesn't mean that's going to be all that's involved in the test. You spend your whole time studying for just this one thing, but that's not going to be the only question in that test and in that exam. But I passed, I feel like, I don't even really feel like I was being tested, but I just did that. But Brother Caleb, God has blessed me in so many areas since then. He's, he's blessed me. He, he's came through. He's made the way where there seemed to be no way. And, he, and, and, he, and, and he's working. Just the other day, a man called and uh, uh, wanted an address. And I, I told about putting the penny in. It's not about money this morning. I'll, I'm going to get away from this in a minute. But I, uh, a lot of times, this is an area that tests a lot of us. man said, I want the address to your church. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to send you a little bit of, of an offering. Send your church an offering. Well, it went and went. And a day or two, the check come in the mail. My wife come in there crying. Now, this was to the church. It wasn't to me. And uh, that's where we put it. But it, it was $20,000 in, in, in this check for this offering. I, the elder used to talk about, Brother Ryan may believe this, about being faithful in the little things. And he was talking about one night, and this is years ago, about finding a penny on the sidewalk, picked that penny up and shouted and worshiped over it and thanked God that he blessed him with just a penny. 
And they said, if you can do that, then God will give you greater. Well, we got out at the Chinese food. This is an old story to some of you, but we got out at the Chinese uh, food there uh, walking in, and there was a penny. And I looked down, and I got that penny, and my wife said, let's shout. Well, there was people sitting in there, and there was big windows down through there. Uh, the test, you know, I got a little bit of a little bit of pride, you know. I don't want people to just think I'm an idiot, but I got that penny, Sister Greenwood, and I got her by the hand, and Brother Ryan, we shouted over that thing. And I got to church that night. We were still in the gym, and when I set the offering plates out, there was a penny laying in the bottom, and I turned. I said, did you put that penny in here? She said, oh, I forgot about it. So she goes to her purse and gets it out and puts the penny in the offering. A lady sitting in the congregation hadn't been here maybe three or four times at the most and I don't think maybe once or twice since. Got the offering and uh, got the check out of the offering and she put in $20,000 check. This is different from the other thing. So, you know, give and it'll be given unto you. It's the Bible said. But you got you to pass those tests sometimes and I'm not trying to get in your pocketbook this morning. I'm trying to build your faith that you can grab a hold of something and when God puts you to the test that you can say, okay, God, I'm gonna let go of it. I'm gonna give it up for you, God, because I'm gonna do it as I talked about it. Where was that in James 2? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it with a whole heart. I'm gonna do it with a whole heart. I wanna pass the test. I wanna hear you say, well done. This is where they're bringing, he's bringing Abraham to. And he said, man, I'm here. Take your son, your only son, the one that you love, and get into the land of Moriah. Easton Dictionary says the chosen of Jehovah was the name of this place. Hitchcock Bible name dictionary says the bitterness of the Lord is the way these two Bible dictionaries define these words. The chosen of Jehovah or the bitterness, bitterness of the Lord. Sometimes the way God chooses for us, it's a little bit hard to take. That's when it's Hard to say, okay, God, whatever your will. Man, I'm right in the middle of the will of God when the checks are coming in the mail. When you got the big job of the year that you needed that would just pretty much top you off for the year. It's easy to say, man, I'm right smack dab in the middle of, of the will of God. Or like Brother Jerry Cox, get up and say, God's just crazy. It's easy. But when we're in this position that Abraham is, the bitterness of the Lord. Okay, son, now you've passed them tests of when that money was coming in. But now we're going to see how you're going to do when there's no money coming in. I'll tell you something, that's the way it was in the days of depression when them old 
people that go walk to church and walk home from church or getting hauled in a wagon. The elder used to talk about Sister, uh, uh, the old Sister Durbin uh, speaking in tongues, slayed out in the spirit, didn't have no money, wore the same dress for 31 nights to a revival, washed it every day. I'm telling you something, they did not have what we have today. And they were still faithful to the house of God. Still trusted in God. Still trusted in God. But I've heard them pray over the Holland talking about Brother Matt Holland and talking about Sister, what was her name? Hattie. Hattie. In the garden on her knees going through gathering some few vegetables for the for the preacher. Never had a never had a didn't have a piece of jerky, didn't have a, a lamb chop, didn't have a, a pork, didn't have nothing, no meat at all. And she was praying in the garden and she was praying and said, oh God, I just, I just would that I had some meat to feed this preacher that's here visiting us. And, uh, uh, but God, you see, we don't have anything, but God, I know that you're able to move and about that time the old yard dogs was running a, a rabbit around in the yard and that rabbit turned and it came right down uh, uh, the row that she was in and she saw it coming uh, she just lifted up her apron and that rabbit jumped right up under her apron and she throwed it down uh, and got a choke hold on that rabbit uh, and said thank you Lord for answering my prayer uh, now that's a little far fetched for some of us today uh, but I've heard them old timers talk about not having and, uh, any gas and no money to put gas in. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, what's the elder's name I can never think of? The, uh, the gas when he pulled in, evangelizing, rice singer. And he said, God, I'm in a mess. Sometimes we need to choose our words a little more wisely. Yes, he was in a mess, but the next phase of his comment was, I'm in a mess that you can't even help me out of, God. How many's ever felt like that? I just explained I, in my trial. God, if I make it, it's because you help me. It's because you help me. Well, that's all God wants. That's why a lot of the battles went the way they did with the children of Israel. No, you're not going to fight. You're not going to do nothing. He'd drive them out uh, with hornets and hail. I don't know what all, but uh, if you do it, you're going to think that you accomplished it on your own. I want you to know that I'm God that I'm working in your midst, and I'm gonna do what I said. And sometimes uh, uh, in our frustration, and uh, uh, it's hard for us to grasp this. Amen. Took that rabbit in the house and fixed it for the preacher. But here's Abraham, and he's being put to the test, and... Uh, you get, you get thy son, the only son that thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah, the bitterness. God's gonna take us through some hard places sometimes and it's hard for this flesh to go. Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. Probably be easy to think that them other two men that he took with him, if he'd gotten a bind, he might offer one of them instead of his son. But I don't believe that ever crossed Abraham's mind. 
Sometimes our trial's a little ongoing. Sometimes it's as if it's just a little decision that we got to make by 10 o'clock or for sure by noon or by the 31st, you know, you know, and this is the, 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 the evening of the 30th. And uh, uh, sometimes we can make these decisions and without a whole lot of stress. Uh, but here it is, Abraham, he rose early in the morning, made all these preparations, took young men with him and Isaac, his son, chopped the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. A lot of time for contemplating right here and things that's going on. I want to tell you how busy you get when you're put to the test that's going to cost you the life of one of your own children. Chop wood, that's a pretty vigorous job that I can guarantee you one thing. It wouldn't get your mind off the task at hand. And he said unto his young men, abide here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and we'll worship and come again to you. Oh, what are you getting out of that? Okay, God, you've never failed me before and you didn't bring me this far to leave me. God's gonna work it out. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it upon Isaac, his son. Placed the burden on his young son, teenage son. This boy wasn't just a child. History puts him somewhere in teenage years. You know, I've always fancied myself as pretty good tussler, wrestler. But at 68, there's just some young boys. Brother Aaron's got just a 14-year-old son that I promised you would be a handful to get a hold of him, Brother Hammy. That boy stepped. But the, somewhere about the age of this young man, sometimes in your trouble, you're not the only one going through hardship. This, the Bible said this mountaintop is afar off. Not only do we got to get over there, I don't know how many of you ever been out in New Mexico and Colorado, but I don't know how many stories I've heard about getting up. We're going to get up in the morning and we're going to walk to that, go over there and climb that mountain. I've heard that so many times, even when we were there. Well, I knew that it was a day's journey over to that mountain and some days it'd take all day to get there if you could make it in a day walking. And then when you get there, you still have to climb the mountain. Well, that's what this boy's going through. This boy already knows. He knows something is not right. This is not the first time we've sacrificed. This is not uh, the first effort we've made to get the attention of God. But there is something about different about the approach today. I want to tell you something. Desperation will change your approach. 
Sometimes desperation is what God chooses. It's his bitterness that gets us to call on his name and get our attention. We with young children, and when they've got all, especially all the stuff they have to occupy their time today, and man, we take advantage of those little times when they're hurt and they come running, they come crawling up uh, uh, in, in our lap. And just last night, I was approached by uh, Raquel and uh, uh, she didn't think she was gonna accomplish what she was asking. And she said, please, Papa, Papa, please. And uh, you know, that, that, that makes a difference. And you, uh, you'll stop and you'll listen and you'll get them up and, you, and you'll take advantage of that time uh, uh, that they need your attention and they need your affection because it ain't gonna last very long and they're gonna go back and get occupied with whatever they have to occupy them. So uh, as a grandparent, even as a dad, uh, you learn to take advantage of those little uh, moments like that because they're few uh, and far between and they get fewer and far between, but it's always distress. It's always the bobo, the skint, the bite, the, uh, the injury that drives them to you and demanding that attention. And God, uh, uh, since he uh, designed us and since he uh, uh, put those characteristics in us, uh, uh, he knows what it takes a lot of times uh, to get us to slow down and get us uh, to approach Approach the throne and get our attention and call upon God. He took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together and Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here am I, my son, and he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? for a burnt offering. And Abraham said, my son, God, will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together, and they come to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. Sometimes we just need to build an altar at the place that God brings us to. knowing that on that altar we're going to have to sacrifice something that means so much to us. But a lot of times that separation, that thing that you lay down on the altar is the very thing that gets the attention of God. Yes, it is. And God starts moving for you in ways that you never thought possible because he got your attention and you became willing and obedient. Even if it costs you the most dearest thing in your life, which God has not recommended anything, required anything of that from us. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, a young teenage boy, by this time, he has fully grasped what is fixing to take place. And he's still submissive. Sometimes in the home you see some that's submissive and some that put the brakes on. And almost immediately you see a spiritual 
progress stopped by that division. God's bringing us to this place, but I'm not going. God said, sacrifice this here, but I'm not sacrificing this here. It means too much to me. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. Don't tell me that it wasn't going through his mind, God. Where are you at? Where are you at? You've never forsaken me. You said you'd never leave me alone. God, it's just me and the thing that means the most to me. God, it's just me and the promise. Me and the promise. And he's got the knife in hand. He's fixing to sacrifice according to the way God told him to do it. And the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham. This just caught my attention in reading this morning early in my office. I said, Abraham. And then I looked again. Abraham. Could have been, it was just a little hesitation there when he heard Abraham and, oh God, going through his mind, God, is that really you? God, are you really going to come through like you said? And we're so amazed, Brother Plapper, at the way God is moving and uh, it's caught us off guard. It's so unexpected and uh, uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to focus. And he says it again, Abraham, Oh, God, here am I. Here I am, God. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now, for now, I know that you've passed the final, that just the test was taking your son, your only son, and the son that you love and get the wood and get uh, and make a three-day journey and climb the mountain with your son that knowing that was your last little bit of uh, uh, family camaraderie that you were going to have and uh, uh, you know sister Stacy's grandmother today is at, at the point of death and just declining very rapidly and, at the, and her last request was for yesterday one of her brothers she hadn't seen in 13 years and uh, uh, she just made one final request. I just want my siblings. I just want my relation together around me. And last evening uh, uh, they had that opportunity and they all gathered uh, around Sister uh, uh, Sister Wade in, in, in her time of departure from this life. Uh, uh, but there was just something about uh, uh, wanting that family around. And, uh, and Abraham is going through this. Uh, just this last few minutes 
minutes that I'm going to spend with my son and my only son and I'm going to make it last and I don't know I can't even imagine the thoughts that was going through Abraham I can only ad lib and paraphrase with it this morning but oh such distress and despair until finally he has to God has to speak twice to get his attention. Sister Carpenter, you've been in trials that was so dark. So unusual that God just almost two or three times has to speak to get our attention so he can encourage us. But now that I know that you fear me, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, you've passed the test, Abraham. You made it. The final exam when he took that knife and is about to plunge wholeheartedly into the will of God. God in so many words said, I just wanted you to prove to me that you're willing. You could confess a lot of things with your, with your mouth. I covered it already. I'm, man, I'm in the will of God. I'm in the will of God. And the thing in your trial and the bitterness of God and the place of God's choosing, I told leaving that hill and that ambulance, not knowing will I get to experience just things in the natural a lot of times mean so much to us. How many's holding on to natural things here this morning? And I drove off and it was even more touching is my wife in her car and my children, each one in their own vehicle, begin to come off the hill behind the ambulance. That, that, that made my eyes water and it's hard for me to take, not knowing what was wrong with me, where I was going. And we went through racing. I could kind of know where we were at by the little square windows out the back, but I've made this road so many times. I know the turns. But sometimes God gets us out of our norm, not going the direction I thought it was going. But I'll never forget, we were still in the church on the hill in Racine, and Brother Ryan, as we passed, and I don't know, for some reason, I just looked out, and when I looked out, I saw the church on the hill. And I broke, Brother Winkler, I... I began to cry, and even though there was a tech in the back, and he was kind of talking with the front ones in the front, but I couldn't help. I couldn't help it. The thing that meant so much to me, my my church, God's allowed me to to pastor over, and I looked, and I I seen that, and I I tears just began to blow out of my eyes like 
head is water and my eyes a fountain of tears as one writer put it and I, I looked at that and I began to weep and cry and say God is this the way that it's going to end is this the way that it's, it's going to be over and then uh, very quickly we were right in the middle of, of really going strong on this building and I thought God is it going to be like my shop am I never going to work in it but am I never going to get a preach in that new building am I not going to be able to see it finish God and oh man I'm going through the trial of my life it's not finance it's 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 a uh, uh, you know it's not comfort it's just am I even going to make it uh, what in the world is going on am I even going to make it and the, the church God am I going to get to see it happen uh, and in my despair and in my distress it seemed like uh, uh, there's no hope uh, uh, there was no f- support around me I'm just strapped uh, on a gurney and I'm laying there and these thoughts are going uh, uh, through my mind and I know each and every one of us uh, has laid awake uh, at one time or another in the middle of the night uh, uh, Sister Tammy when we're all alone uh, and we don't understand the bitterness of God uh, and we don't understand uh, the choosing of God uh, and we can't grasp it uh, and we don't see the future and we don't see the the profit of the test uh, Oh, I'm telling you something. Uh, the test, uh, the exam, uh, the teaching a lot of times before the test and the exam. With skiing, I said, I don't need ski school. I know how to water ski. This can't be much different. We're in Heavenly Valley, Lake Tahoe, California. Get up on the mountain. I made the little glide around. The man stood Dudley, you got this. Yeah, I got this under control. And then I started down. And the only thing about water skin was I learned to hold my balance. And that was it. I knew nothing about wedging. I knew nothing about stopping. This particular resort the parking lot set down below the end of the slope. All you can see is grills of SUVs parked down there. Ski racks on top. You think you're going to become a permanent fixture on the top of that. And thank God for the big chain link fence that was real high. And I hit that thing running however fast you can come off of a mountain. And that thing leaned over and it came back. And I landed in a big pile. That was the most miserable day of my life. The next time we go, I'm talking about following instruction. Word upon word, precept upon precept. What did the Bible say? Precept upon precept, line upon line. I don't grasp it. I don't understand it. You better get your nose in the book and you better get some wisdom and knowledge. Judgment day is coming. Colorado and I get in school this time I'm not going to make that mistake again but I'm not much smarter than I was several years before because he's got me on the side of the hill with our skis off on this little slope that there's nothing to let me tell you something a lot of times through a little trial through a little trouble we make it we pass it in flying colors 
And I'm sitting there, and I've got my, and I'm getting them skis off, and I'm putting them back on. And I said, this is stupid. I don't need to know this. I'm not going to take my skis off on the side of the mountain. Not intentionally. But before I'm done, I'm head over heels, my feet's higher than my head. I look like a garage sale spread out on the side of that mountain. One ski's here, and the other one's over here. And I thought, how in the world am I going to gather all this up and get it back on? And then this schooling that seemed like I didn't need none of it, it comes to mind. And I learned to get sideways on the hill. I've seen some that tried to get with the hill and put their skis on. They wound up in the buck brush down there. What are you saying, Brother Sampson? Man, I'm getting this word of God. I want to study it. I want to know. I want to make heaven. I want to go. But there'll be a test coming. There's trouble coming. And you're like Brother Sampson, and there's nobody around you but maybe an unbeliever that wonders, why is he crying? Man, we're on the way to get help. All I could think about was the stuff that I was leaving, the things that, uh, that I was leaving behind and nobody around me. And sometimes you just got, you just got to get up and you got to put some faith uh, uh, with works with your faith. Uh, and it makes that faith, uh, it becomes visible. Uh, and you put it in a natural sense. Uh, you put it out there where God can see it. That faith becomes prominent in our life. And then the that we get to the scripture says, the willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land. Oh God, as you stand to your feet this morning, the final exam, the test. A lot of times in church, people can't make it past the altar call about altar calls of the time they want to shoot out of the church and leave everybody else to fight hell and pray people through and get burdens off people. There'll be a day in your life that you're going to need somebody to stand by your side and to pray and to hold your hand and to pull you through the fire. You need to see those works by faith. Why? Because by in the time of testing. I'm going through it, Brother Sampson. It's only a test. Around springtime, they'll start. This is a test by the, Nas by the national broadcast system. They give this little alarm that gets on your nerves for the whole 30 seconds or 60 seconds uh, that it goes, and but they'll tell you it's only a test. It's gonna be different. But this test is preparing you for when the real thing gets here. When disaster comes. What are you talking about, Brother Snapson? I wanna pass the test this morning. I want to make it through this time of testing in my life. Indeed, is small. He's 
these altars are open this morning. This is where you get the knowledge. This is where you get the wisdom to make it through the test. Watch and pray.